It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here's the host, Emerson Whitner. He says that Sunbury was a bad show, saved by the TV title match, the tag title match, and the Hall of Fame. Plus, he says his brother is stupid. Here is the co-host, Brian Whitner. He says Sunbury was alright... And then he went on a rant about how WWE is too predictable. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual podcast hosts with a show that airs Wednesday nights at 10. They have decided to settle the differences here on our forum. The Wrestling Outsiders Podcast. Good evening and welcome to our show. I am your host, the one, the only, Emerson Whitner. And for the third week in a row, it looks like I'm flying solo again, at least at the start of our little program, as not only is Brian not with us here on the line, I have no earthly idea what's going on. (sighs) So, obviously it's another third week in a row now, Brian is not been here at the start of the show. I'm sure there's a very, very good reason why he's not. And here's the thing, and Lord knows I'm... I I get it. Okay, there's real-life shit going on, but, you know, Brian and I have something big coming up next week, and if I can't trust him to be on time when he... for our show... Maybe he won't take part in the fun stuff next week then. Um, no idea if Brian's actually going to be here or not, but either way, um, in about 10 minutes, we're going to be joined by my friend Tony, and we're going to discuss Slambury 95. Um, the show, like I said, I enjoyed the tag title match and the TV title match, and other than that, the show is a lot of crap. Um, next week... You may have seen us talk about it on Twitter, you may have seen us Facebook it, or you may just be listening to us for the first time and hearing me say it now, but next week, on this very show, we will be joined by by former Survivor castmate and former TNA personality, Johnny Fairplay, right here on this show in seven nights. So that should be fun. But before we get to that, tonight, we're going to be talking about Slamboree. We'll be talking about uh, the my trip to New York to see the ROH Best in the World show. We're going to talk about Tough Enough from last night. We're going to talk about TNA and uh, 
how Slammiversary is this Sunday, and we're going to talk about some of the amazing matches they've already got set up, um, including the return of Jeff Jarrett to TNA. Yes, Jeff Jarrett is returning now to TNA. What does that mean for Global Force Wrestling? What does that mean just in general? No idea, except Jarrett's going to be in the King of the Mountain match Sunday night on pay-per-view. And if I'm a betting person, he's probably also going to win the damn thing. TNA, by the way, the company uh, that has no money to pay the people who work for the company, they were behind in paying the checks for both the wrestlers and the uh, production people for months. Um, Tonight they have Jeff Jarrett, Matt Morgan, and Vader, of all people, on the show. Vader, who 20 years ago, uh, how old was he? I think he was 40, um, on Slambury 95. Uh, and either way, that makes him now 60 years old. Just saying. Um, since I don't know when my brother or my colleague are going to be calling in here tonight, I guess we'll start with talking about the trip to go see Best in the World. Um, Best in the World last, last Friday night. Nice, odd day for a pay-per-view, I know. But it was a really, really fun show. Is the first time I've ever seen a show in New York City, and that includes when we went to WrestleMania 29, as all of our shows that we saw were in New Jersey. Um, and it was just a incredibly fun little uh, three hours of uh, action. And I know that it didn't come across on TV very well because the production stunk, but Terminal 5 is a really kick-ass place, and it seemed like... It's almost built to be a small little wrestling arena. Um, It's it's got your stage and everything leading down, and I don't know, just like if you were there, you know what I mean. It's a really fun little place to see a wrestling show. Um, I too bad the production sucked and it didn't come across the way on TV. It also didn't come across how loud we were. Um, I can tell you because I was leading half the crowd in Let's Go Lethal Chance versus the half the crowd that was chanting for Briscoe. Overall, though, it was just an amazing, fun little show. Um, if you bought it on pay-per-view, just by the matches themselves, you wouldn't have been disappointed. I couldn't tell you about if the production killed it or not. But, you know, mat- on matches themselves, it was just a really, really, really fun show. And, you know, worth the money, I thought. Um, and so I'd recommend anybody out there to go check it out. Jesus Christ. Just got a text from Brian. He cut himself, and he's going to call in when he stops bleeding. Great. Um, <laughs> that's just interesting now, ain't it? Um, so let's go through uh, the ROH Best in the World channel. I'll give you my thoughts as I'm going through this. Uh, Mark Briscoe versus Donovan Dijak. Uh, Mark won with a frog splash elbow off the top rope. ODB is now a Briscoe brother or a Briscoe sister, and uh, she ripped up Truth Martini's Book of Truth. Of course, he ended up having a Book of Truth at the end of the show, uh, so I guess really all she ripped up was the uh, front page of the book. 
Uh, Matt Seidel and ACH versus BJ Whitmer and Adam Page. It's definitely weird to hear a thousand people chanting, fuck you, Whitmer, considering how close it is to my name. Um, they're very slowly building up uh, the BJ Whitmer, Steve Carino thing with Colby Carino being the young boy for uh, BJ Whitmer and Adam Page. Um, and so that's going to be really good, I think, when they finally pull the trigger on that. They announced that uh, Kazuchika Okada, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Kushida are going to be back for two days in August after the G1. Uh, Dalton Castle versus Silas Young. Uh, kind of a really fun match. Uh, Dalton Castle, you know, he's got his flamboyant gimmick, but he's pretty good, he's pretty good in the ring there. Um, Silas Young is no slouch either, um, and uh, the match was good. Uh, Dalton won, um, and Silas uh, took out one of Dalton's boys uh, with a TKO after the match. CNC Wrestle Factory versus War Machine, which was basically just a uh, it was basically just there to set up uh, a storyline for later. Uh, War Machine won in three minutes over Caprice Coleman. Um, Cedric Alexander uh, grabbed a wrench, and Coleman saw it and didn't want to tag Alexander in. Um, and instead, Coleman got taken out uh, with War Machine's top rope move. Uh, War Machine wins. CNC loses. Yeah. We then got... Um, the second best match on the show, Roderick Strong, Moose, and Michael Elgin for the number one contendership status. It's kind of funny because before the show, there was a pretty strong anti-Moose uh, sentiment in the crowd. And then during the match, while there was some anti-Moose, there was still um, quite a bit of people who loved the guy. And, you know, he's very good. He is green as uh, shit, but... You know, he still had a hell of a performance here. Uh, Roderick Strong, you could say, carried both men to the match. But, you know, you have to have something there. You can't just be carried to a great match. You have to have a little bit, you know. Sorry, but that's the case. Um, Roderick Strong won. Um, I'm still shocked that Moose lost on TV uh, in the last show before this pay-per-view. Uh, since he was undefeated the whole time, and now all of a sudden he loses three days before his number one contenders match. Made absolutely no sense, but whatever. After the match, Vita Scott, who is hot as fuck, by the way, uh, slapped Moose twice, um, and then uh, Cedric Alexander ran down, hit Moose with the wrench, and that was that. So Vita Scott's now with Cedric Alexander. We got the six-man tag with the Bullet Club versus uh, the Kingdom. So AJ Styles and the Young Bucks versus Mike, uh, Michael Bennett, Matt Taven, Adam Cole. The funny thing about this match is that there was only one person that uh, could actually do the job. And lo and behold, he was the person that did the job. Uh, and that was, of course, um, Adam Cole. Since AJ Styles is the IWGP champion... Young Bucks are the IWGP Junior Tag Champs. Um, Michael Bennett and Matt Taven are the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champs. And, uh, yeah, Uh, so it left one person that could lose, and that person lost. 
Um, it was still re- a really fun match. I would rather have seen AJ Styles in a singles match. I understand why they didn't. Um, but, yeah, he's just... Uh, I don't know. It was just kind of a waste of his talents to be in there with the Young Bucks, who... Um, I don't know. I, I would never... I don't want to put down the Young Bucks because they're a fun team to watch, but they're definitely not in the same league that AJ Styles is. AJ's a much more polished performer uh, than the Young Bucks are. Um, and, yeah, I honestly think the match, uh, the show would have been better with an AJ Styles singles match. Red Dragon versus The Addiction for the tag team titles in a no-disqualification match. This match was fine. There was nothing to write home about. Um, honestly, it was actually kind of disappointing. I think everyone was expecting it to be better. Um, but, yeah, it was what it was. The Addiction retained their tag team titles, and that was that. And then in the main event, Jay Lethal won the ROH World Heavyweight title, defeating Jay Briscoe. They went almost half an hour. Um, the highlight of the match um, being Jay Briscoe giving Jay Lethal the Jay Driller through a table on the outside of the ring. Um, all of Jay Lethal's people got kicked out. Donovan Dijak, Jay Diesel, and Tooth Martini all got kicked out at different points. And Lethal won clean, uh, first by hitting his own Jay Driller and then hitting the Lethal Injection in the middle of the ring for the one, two, three. Um, and it was just great. Um, and uh, Jay Lethal, uh, when he finally realized, I don't know if he finally realized it, but he kind of went into uh, uh, work at first, you know, like, oh, my God, I've I've worked so long to get this. And he looked like he was about to cry, and I got out of there and after the show ended. Got back to my hotel and slept the night away. But overall, it's an easy thumbs up for the ROH pay-per-view. Um, if you want to go get it, you're not going. Uh, you're not going to waste money by getting it. I'll tell you that. All right. So I'm waiting for my uh, other two people to call in here. Um, I guess I better play something here while I take a big deep breath and. Let's see here. What could I play? Let's see. Ah, let's let's go with this. Hey, Johnny. What's going on, man? Oh, hi, Mike. What's new? How um, actually, Johnny, I got I got a little bit of a, a tragedy uh-huh. on my hands. Yeah. Me and Michelle, we were we were making out uh, at your place. <laughs> and um, Lisa and Claudette sort of uh, walked in on us in the middle of it. That's not the end of the story. But go on. I'm, I'm listening. Okay. We're, go- we're going at it. And um, I get out of there as fast as possible. You know, I, I get my pants. I get my shirt. And I get out of it. And then about halfway down the stairs, I realize that I, I have misplaced. I, uh, I've forgotten something. Mm-hmm. Uh, my underwear. <laughs> so, <laughs> I so I come back to get it, you know, uh, and I pretend that I need a book, you know, uh-huh, I'm looking uh-huh. for my book, and then I, I reach in and put the underwear in my pocket and sort of slide out real quick. Uh-huh. Well, Claudette, she saw it sticking out uh-huh. of my pocket, so uh-huh. she pulls it out, mm-hmm. and she's uh, showing everybody me underwears. 
<laughs> you must be kidding. Underwear. I got the picture. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. That's life. Nah. Yeah. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Mike. Oh, hey, Danny. Oh, how you doing? Want to play some football? I gotta go see Michelle in a little bit to make out with her. Oh, so I'm sorry. Come on. Football. Let's go for it. All right, whatever. Let's go for it. I'm going out. Yeah, sorry you had to see that. I'm not sorry. <laughs> you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, Studying, right? Yeah. Well, you got right? <laughs> I don't study like that. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> hey, Jenny. What's hey, what's up, up Mark? Oh, oh, hi, Mark. Catch it. Too much? What are you guys? Oh, he's just telling us about an underwear issue. No, don't break, don't. Underwear. <laughs> it's underwear. It's embarrassing, man. I don't want to get into it. Underwear, man. Come on. Oh, come are you okay? Are you okay? Oh. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm are you fine. Okay? Sure. Uh huh. Right. Oh, please, doctor. No, 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 no. I'm tough. I'm good. I'm right. I'm fine. Yeah, Mark. Take why don't you take him home? And Mike, listen. If you need anything, call me anytime. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. See you guys. See you guys. See you guys. Let's go home, Danny. Welcome to the show, Brian. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I just sent you a text message. Let's not say out loud what that text message said. Let's see here. I'm bleeding from my head. Ah. Oh, my God. You need to fucking tell me that. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I told you not to read it out loud. When I told you not to do something, you don't do it. You told me to read it out loud. No, I said don't read it out loud. Why would you send me that? You have problems, you know that? Yes, I know. Thank you. <laughs> okay, how? How? I don't Just... know. I'd rather not, you know, say it over air. This is like more like a brother-to-brother conversation, not like a brother-to-brother to whoever listens to our podcast um, uh, conversation. <laughs> no. There's always something with you, isn't there? I swear to God, this is a dry line. I swear to God, I don't make this shit up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God, I might have to go to the hospital. <laughs> I might have to leave you and go to the hospital. Great. Why don't, why don't we keep you on the phone so you can talk about your trip to the hospital while uh, on awesome. the air? We can do a live podcast from the hospital. God. So what would you think of my trip to New York, Brian? Uh, you, I mean, you never really told me much. Well, you could have listened to the first 15 minutes of the show. I have not put a nice pack on it. You're afraid of shrinkage? A little bit. By the way, by the way you did miss the... Awesome opening I had for the show. What was it? What was it? I guess I can play it again because it's that awesome. Here's the host, 
Emerson Whitmer. He says that Sunbury was a bad show, saved by the TV title match, the tag title match, and the Hall of Fame. Plus, he says his brother is stupid. Yeah. Here is the co-host, Brian Whitner. He says Flanbury was alright, and then he went on a rant about how WWE is too predictable. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual podcast hosts with a show that airs Wednesday nights at 10. They have decided to settle the differences here on our forum. The Wrestling Outsiders Podcast! Your thoughts? I, I like it. I, I, I really did like that. Yes. See, if you would have listened to the beginning, you would have heard that. Oh, and, and Brian, I also announced uh, that we're going to have a guest next week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I, I also uh. announced my dis- I also announced my displeasure with you uh, not being here at the start of the show now three weeks in a row. Well, well, this week's episode was kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, you better make sure not to cut yourself open next week is all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, I'll try not to. Oh, God. God you are... You are something, Brian, I'll tell you that. That's putting it nicely. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything to say about, uh, do you have anything to say about TNA? Uh, Vader's on the show? Question mark? Yes. Yes, the company that, uh, can't pay their wrestlers, can't pay the production workers, uh, they have Vader on the show. No comment. And you want to know the matches that they so far got announced for uh, Slammiversary? Which is this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, this Sunday night. Uh, are, are you ready for the five matches that are, that are so far signed for the show? Go ahead, Everson. I'm ready. All right. In the main event, a King of the Mountain match. And of all the people in the match, we know one person, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, yes. Also, after James Storm tried to kill Mickey James, we're going to have James Storm versus Magnus in a non-sanctioned match. Yes. I know. If that's not enough to make you buy the pay-per-view, Brian, I've got another one for you. Mr. Anderson and Bobby Lashley teaming up Versus EC3 and Tyrus. Oh, huh. that that's uh, gonna kill the show. You better grab your seats. I got another one for you, Brian. A three-on-two. Right now. Yes, a three-on-two handicap match, Brian. Karen Terrell and the Dollhouse versus Awesome Kong and Brooke. Huh. And if that's not enough, Brian, 
If that's not enough to pay your $55 for the pay-per-view this Sunday, I've got the the best one here for you. One-on-one, live, on pay-per-view, this Sunday night, it's going to be Robbie E. versus Jesse. By golly. By golly, King. By golly, King. It sounds like a slobber knocker. Now, Brian, don't yet run over to uh, your local cable company and put in that order yet. You know, we we got to get through this show before you do that. Understand? I got you. Okay. All right. So on to Slamboree. Do you have your notes, Brian? Uh, I did. Let me let me refresh my computer. I I have to stop. Don't pull that back up. Uh, uh. Uh, okay. Uh. Uh. All right. No. Okay, I'm good. All right. So the show started with the announcement of a br- of a brand new bonus match. It's going to be Meng versus Hawk later tonight. Yes. Yes. And then we got one of the two highlights of the show, I thought. Harlem Heat versus the Nasty Boys for the tag team titles. Uh, and this is the Nasty Boys' last chance of the belts, Brian. Last chance. Now, yeah, now earlier in the night... Uh, the champs had beaten up the Nasty Boys, so only Jerry Sags came out for this match. Uh, and the fans were all for male-on-female violence as Jerry Sags punched Sherry in the face. Of course, it's Sherry. Yes. And, of course, she got uh, her payback when she slapped Sags twice back. Um and uh, finally, the guy, the Harlem Heat got the heat on Sags, the heat on Sags, the heat on Sags. Sags blocked a backdrop and hit a pile driver, which was the cue for Brian Nobbs to run down with his ribs all taped up. Well, it wasn't really his ribs. His shirt was taped up. Um, Sags made the yeah. hot tag, so Nobbs ran wild. Sherry tried coming off the top rope, so instead Nobbs gave her a, a power slam. And they won with a running power slam top rope elbow combo. Yes. And the new tag team champions are the Nasty Boys. Well, not not for long, Brian, because uh, um, this they had the shortest reign in tag team title history. Do you know how long it lasted, Brian? A day? Nope. I don't even know. How Less long? than negative seventeen days. Why? How is it negative seventeen? Because seventeen days before this show, they taped the Nasty Boys losing the belts back to Harlem Heat. <laughs> and it, of course, it didn't air till the end of June. But the fact still remains: they lost the belts almost three weeks before winning them. I bet the internet was going crazy then. I bet the internet didn't give two shits. 
I don't know. Maybe. We then got the match of the year, Brian. Kevin oh. Sullivan versus the man with no name. Yes, folks. That was his name. Poor Ed Leslie. I know. I feel bad for him. As do I. This match sucked. That's putting it nicely. Yes. How would you put it, Brian? You put it very nicely. The match sucked. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Eric Bischoff, who was filling in for Tony Schiavone, and actually did a decent enough job, by the way, but uh, Bischoff talked about how the man with no name once put out Hulk Hogan with the sleeper. Actually, and I... Uh, Actually, Hogan no-sold the sleeper. But either way, after five very long minutes, uh, Kevin Sullivan won with a double foot stomp. Uh, So Sullivan is celebrating winning when Doug Dillinger showed up in the aisleway, and Sullivan gave him this weird look and started running away. And all of a sudden, Curtis Iakea showed up. And this was the debut of the master of, from the Dungeon of Doom. And he plans to destroy Hulkamania. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. Speaking of Hulkamania, the Mega Powers were happy to be here and plan on winning the main event, Brian. Whoever didn't have their money on them winning, you're an idiot. Yep. Now, Brian Slumbery was, of course, the Legends reunion, and so yes, every year was. they would do. What was that? I said yes. Yes, it was. Yes, and so every year they would do a Legends match, and this year it was forty-eight-year-old Dick Murdoch versus fifty-six-year-old Wahoo McDaniel. Now, Dick Murdoch, who, by the way, competed in the Royal Rumble match that year, as he says, 48. Do you know the ages of some of the other people in the show, Brian? <laughs> A lot older, but go ahead, Emerson. Well, no, no one was older, but still. Uh, we had 46-year-old Kevin Sullivan in the, in the, prior, in the prior match. In the next match after this one, we had 45-year-old Paul Orndorff. And in the main event, 41-year-old Hulk Hogan teamed with 42-year-old Randy Savage to take on 40-year-old Vader and 46-year-old Ric Flair. Go figure. And these were in the non-Legends matches. Hmm. There's a reason why they had to stop calling this the Legends Reunion when it got to the point where the only people they were pushing were in their 40s and 50s already. Yeah, true story. True story. Uh, so, so us talking about the age of the wrestlers was much more entertaining than the match itself. Um, the only things that worked in this match were that Gordon Soley announced it um, and that the match was in black and white. Yeah. Ooh, ah, uh, yeah, I know. Wahoo won a very boring match with a chop. It was a mighty chop. 
And did you ever notice the entire show that kept saying over and over again, in case you're just tuning in now, like who the hell buys a pay-per-view and doesn't start watching it for like an hour or two into it? I mean, it is WCW, so, uh, yeah. Oh. Oh, boy. So let's see here. What else have we got? Um, like I said, Wahoo won, and then we got the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Great Muda, with people playing drums and with a shit ton of pyro, defending against Paul Orndorff. Without and people playing drums or a shit ton of pyro. Nope, no pyro for Paul Orndorff. And nope, nope. Muda got no reaction at all coming out. But, oh, boy, do these people hate uh, their local boy, Paul Orndorff. You know, normally you're <laughs> supposed to – normally you love the hometown boy. You know, get behind his quest for the world title. Instead, oh, boy, they hated him. <laughs> um, uh. Muda won a bad match with a moonsault, which finally got the fans off their asses. For now. Yes. Well, they sat back down for the best match of the night, in my opinion. TV title on the line, Arn Anderson versus Alex Wright. What did you think, Brian? Ah, yeah, I would say best match of the night, definitely by far. I mean, the tag team match was um, too bad, but definitely by far the best match. Now, of course, Alex Wright... Uh, you know, at this point especially, he's green as hell. He's like 19 years old. He's not, uh, I don't want to say he's not very good, but, you know, he could be a lot better. Yeah. And um, I think this match just showed how good Alex is, um, especially a month later when Arn couldn't even have a half-decent match with the Renegade. Yeah, yeah, um, Not even close. The finish of this match saw Wright go for a backdrop, Arn block it, and hit the DDT for the win in what may have been the biggest pop of the whole night. Maybe. Maybe. We then got our surprise bonus match of Meng yeah. versus Hawk. Yeah. And they called Hawk one of the most feared and exciting stars to ever step inside the squared circle. And I don't know which Road Warrior Hawk they were talking about, but this man was not exciting at all. Of course not. Who would be excited? Well, it went to another... It was another crappy match, and it ended in a double count out. Mm. Um, then we got the same way. Yeah. Then we got the actual highlight of the show, the Hall of Fame, which there was a bunch of, you know, there was a bunch of drama going into this Hall of Fame, Brian. Uh, Bobby Heenan, they did the storyline where Bobby Heenan said, you know, why aren't they inducting him? It was actually legit that Heenan backstage was mad that he was not inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, they promised Heenan that they would induct him next year. And, of course, 
WCW never again did the Hall of Fame. Go figure. Yes. Um, This was very well done. I think it went about 15, 20 minutes. And honestly, with some of the matches we got the rest of the way, it could have gone two hours. Um, Gordon Soley emceed the event, and they inducted Wahoo McDaniel, Terry Funk, Angelo Poffo, Antonio Inoki, Big John Studd, and Dusty Rhodes. And, you know, more drama was that Angelo Poffo, dad of Macho Man Randy Savage, they inducted him as a favor to Randy Savage, um, and Gordon Soley didn't agree that either he or Big John Studd should have been inducted, um, A, because Poffo wasn't that big of a star, and B, because John Studd was never a name in WCW, since this was a WCW Hall of Fame, and Studd made his biggest name in the WWF. Sure. Um, now, the one thing at the end, um, the they did also, um, after Dusty Rhodes did his induction, and Dusty was supposed to be the quote-unquote main eventer of the group, um, they did uh, do Gordon Soley as allegedly a surprise induction, but it wasn't a surprise because, A, Gordon already knew about it, and, B, they had a freaking plaque with his name on it already. <laughs> uh, Big surprise. Yes, along with a video package for the guy. Um, but, yeah, I'll tell you what, Gordon, though, sold it as a surprise. You know, he he sold better than most of the other wrestlers. <laughs> but but this was this was actually the end of Gordon Soley in WCW as he really did quit because of this. Because of his surprise induction? No, because they inducted Angelo Poffo and Big John Studd. That's weird. Yes. Go figure. We then got the lights out match. With Sting and Big Bubba Rogers. Now, Brian, after watching this match, what is a lights-out match? I have no idea. <laughs> there, like, I don't know what was the, what the idea was, but the uh, Mean Gene kept talking about how they were randomly going to turn the lights off during the match, and maybe that was the idea, but... They never actually did anything like it. It was, like, I, I guess it was like a no disqualification match, except, you know, <laughs> they didn't really do anything that made you think no DQs, except hitting each other with a table. Mm. I don't mean like they put each other through a table. I mean, or they hit each other's head off a table or anything. I mean, they picked up the table and hit each other with it. Of course. Um, and eventually Sting won with the Scorpion Deathlock. Hmm. Yeah. What'd you think of it, it Brian? It was a blah match. It really was. Was it? Was it really? Yeah, really. Hmm. Well, then, are you ready for the main event, Brian? The oh, ultimate the match. Event. The average yes. age of these competitors is 42. But, yes. 
Yes. Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage versus Ric Flair and Vader in what allegedly was Ric Flair's first match back after losing the retirement match to uh, Hogan at Halloween Havoc. Um, and this, Brian, was a match. It was a match beyond matches. It went 20 freaking minutes. This was actually the only time, I believe, that Randy Savage and Vader ever wrestled each other. I would take your word on that, because you're the one who knows all that stuff. Uh, Ric Flair was in this match because he was the only person that was going to lose. Um, Hogan sure as hell wasn't going to lose. Savage sure as hell wasn't going to lose. Vader refused to lose. Hell, the entire Hogan-Vader program dated four pay-per-view matches, and neither Hogan nor Vader ever actually lost. (laughs) Sure, sorry. Um, Hell, Flair, they had Flair come in and lose Vader's trap match for him at Uncensored. Um... Yes. When Hogan was walking to the ring, in the background was the debuting Paul White, who stood by the entranceway and just stared at the ring for the most part. Um, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but Michael Buffer called Hogan the king of Hulkmania. Hulkmania? Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, They beat the shit out of Savage. Savage actually was one of the few people to ever get hit with the Vader salt. But Hogan broke it up. And, of course, in an only in WCW moment, the announcers talked about how Randy Savage kicked out of the moonsault when anyone with two eyes could see he didn't. Uh. Um, The finish saw... The finish saw Arn trip Hogan... Because Arn Anderson and Renegade were outside, so Renegade went after Arn, and Hogan eventually hit the leg drop on Flair and won. After the match, the heels attacked the faces, so Angelo Poffo hopped the guardrail, and Flair and Anderson beat the shit out of him. Um, and the That's show crazy. ended with. What was that? I said that was putting it nicely. Yes, and the show ended with. Uh, Flair with the figure four on Angelo Poffo. So overall, Brian, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Thumbs down. I would go down, kind of leaning towards the middle. Alrighty, so before we get into Tough Enough, Brian, uh, let's play something. Right. Let's, let's see here. What can we play? This looks good. Yeah, you know, we got to get them here. Yeah, CW is like a black guy stuck in a hillbilly body. So back to the Jewish thing. Iron Sheik's wrestling this mighty Maccabee. And they have Ken, is it Ken Resnick? The old AWA. Oh, my God. Yeah, this yeah. guy spent all this money. And Kalua is doing doink. And Kalua, they they wanted Kalua to be doing, <laughs> and they wanted just like a job guy for him. So here, I got a job. You know, Kalua brings me, and Kalua is the biggest river in the world. Like, if you meet Kalua, he's real quiet and stuff like that until you get to know him. And then, you know, then you just realize what kind of river he is. 
Steve, Steve, you're going to love the show. It's, you know, 400 Jewish people and stuff like that. He goes, but the main event is the Mighty McAfee versus the Iron Sheik. And you know the Sheik, you know, you get him in front of a microphone. And Sheiky, baby. Sheiky, you know, please, please get some heat, you know. <laughs> oh. Ken Resnick goes, we're back here, and it's in, the, it's in the back of the locker room. We're back here at the, uh, I wish I knew what the thing was called. Because me, Devin Storm, Ace Darling, Devin Storm and Ace Darling were like the wrestling match. They were the first ones. Uh, and they'll tell you the same story. And we're all sitting there. It's Kalua, me, Kalua as Doink, as Doink number 32. Uh, me, uh, Devin, and Ace. You know, we're the young guys plus Kalua. And the Yashik, you know, tonight you got the mighty Maccabee. Out of town! Oh, you no good Jews out there with your cheap, your cheapness! And you're running to Hollywood, and you steal from the good Muslim people. I'll tell all of you, you should have died all in World War II. And everybody's kind of no-selling, except for Devin Storm, Ace Darling, Steve Kareem, and King Kalo as well. I'll tell if a great leader, Adolf Hitler, was alive right now, he'd have given me the easy to take a jabron and Maccabee down and kill you with the chemical arc. Ah, you'll see that? God the hell, you. And they go, and Ken Resnick's all red busy. He goes, and we'll go back to the ring. And it goes dark, and everybody goes, and she goes, and Maccabee is doing like a promo. And Maccabee goes, um, it was, it was good. And they're playing these promos before the guys come out to the ring. So we're sitting there, and I go, oh, my God. And Kalu is in hysterics. Because no one else is really watching the promo. Kalu is in hysterics going, wow, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Me, Ace, and, and Devin with it, like a combined age of, like, 22 are going, oh, my God, we've just seen racism at its, at its most extreme. Yeah, so they do this thing, and, like, there's, like, the little Titantron, and, 400 Jewish people in this little building. <laughs> I'll tell you all Jewish people, you run into Hollywood, you steal from the Muslim people, right? And the guy comes out, and she comes out, and there's total silence, because these Jewish people can't even believe that he said it. You just see one clown laughing in the back of the <laughs> Hey, Baba, did I get a good heat for you? <laughs> Some people, they were stunned silent. Oh. So, oh, my God, this is the God. wacky world of pro wrestling. That's fantastic. Uh, my favorite, you run to Hollywood. <laughs> How did you get that, Sheik? A good heat, Baba. Poor Sheiky, baby. Poor Sheiky, baby. They, they did just cancel his book. So, uh, why would they do such a thing? Well, Lord, Lord only knows what was inside that book. Why <laughs> yeah. all the people he fucked in the ass? Well, hopefully not. Well, that, that might explain your problems tonight, mm-hmm. Brian. <laughs> yeah, true. Not really. Uh, so, Tough Enough, did you watch it? I did watch it. What'd you think? Uh, I, I I don't know. I like it, but I don't like it. I think it's going to be stupid. But you never oh. know. Well, uh, tell us about it. 
tough enough. Yeah. I watched it when I was half the place, so. Do you have so. any notes on it? No, I didn't do any notes. I just I watched it. Remember when I texted you saying, watch Tough Enough and take notes, and you said, okay? No, I don't remember that, actually. Uh-huh. Well, scroll back in your phone. You'll see that. <laughs> so, thankfully for you, I take notes. But I'll tell you what, next you week, Brian, you better take notes. Notes on what? What are we doing uh, next week? Next week, we're going to be doing the Johnny Fairplay interview and the uh, talking about episode two of Tough Enough. Oh, okay. That was, uh, I thought we were doing the pay-per-view. What pay-per-view? Not the pay-per-view. Like, Are you uh, going to watch uh, anniversary, no. Brian? No, absolutely not. Are you? No. Okay. So what pay-per-view are we going to watch next week? I meant, like, review something. Oh, no. No, no, Mr. Brian. No. So, so the open of the show, uh, they have the opening video package, and they show all 13 people in such rapid-fire succession that you have no idea who any of them are. And But then they uh, take extra time to highlight... Uh, Daniel Bryan, Paige, Hogan, and Jericho, you know, none of whom that we need to know who the hell they are because we already know who the hell they are. True story. Um, and, and, you know, live, the show was based at a Full Sail University, um, and they brought up the three judges, and they asked each of them what they were looking for, and Hogan uh, says that he's looking for someone who has the it factor. Now, if you remember, when Hogan was in TNA, two of the people that he felt had the it factor were Garrett Bischoff and Crimson. Hmm. That's right. That was your cue to say something. Yes. Now, the rules (laughs) were... The rules are that they'd air 40 minutes of crap, 30 minutes of crap, whatever... And then the judges would nominate their bottom three. And then this is where it gets awkward. They nominate the bottom three. And then we all have to go to uh, the app and vote for which of the bottom three we want to keep. Which Shouldn't we go to the app and vote for the one we want to have eliminated? Yeah, makes sense. But, you know, you know WWE anyway. nowadays, so... Um, so we go to the Citrus Bowl for our first stupid contest. And at different points in the first 20 minutes, each person got like a 15-second video to say something about themselves. The only person, the only person that stood out the entire time was the Gator wrestler named Zizi. Yes, Zizi. Yes. And if ZZ doesn't win, this contest is rigged. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, like, how bullshit, you know, a lot of this was. You know, I, I want to point out, though, Sarah Lee, she was one of obviously one of the girls named after Cake. And 
She's wearing a hat, and she looks like Caitlyn. Go figure. Yeah, so that's not enough. Seth Rollins won the first contest. Um, no, not not real Seth Rollins. Instead, Tanner, who looks like Seth Rollins. Um, yes, he does. And the first, He's a very good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's Seth Rollins' stunt double. Um, and uh, the first stupid contest, they all had to run across the field, first while wearing a parachute, and then they'd get run across, take off the parachute, and lift a sandbag, which was supposed to weigh as much as they do, and run back across the field. And then they had to run up the steps of the Citrus Bowl to where Billy Gunn was standing. And Tanner beat the shit out of everybody in this. Like That's pretty no good one else. Play. Yeah, no one else even came close. And you know, and part of it too was that Tanner ZZ's fat. So other than ZZ, everybody else has got muscles coming out of their ears. So of course, since they all weigh 260, 270 pounds. Their bags weigh 260, 270 pounds, while Tanner probably weighs, I don't know, a buck 90, 205, somewhere around that. Yeah, I would give him 200 if that. I would give him 200. Yeah. And uh, Amanda was the first girl to win. Uh, Not that it matters, because I don't think she did anything. And ZZ finished last, but it wasn't in the sense that, oh, look at the fat ass, can't do this. No, was a, hey, he's fat, he's slow, but he still fucking did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They took they took the WWE Performance Center, they sectioned off part of it, and put a bunch of bunk beds in, and that's where everyone had to sleep at. Um, there was literally nothing special about where they were staying, except they put a hot tub in there. Um, and, of course, everyone goes clubbing, except for 18-year-old ZZ and Patrick, they get to yeah. the... i got to ask you this, Brian. They get to the uh, to the club, and Gabby, who's Brazilian, says uh, she's looking at the people pole dancing, and she said that because she's Brazilian, pole dancing is in her blood. Is that racist? <laughs> Possibly. Is it racist when she says it about herself, though? I don't think so much. I don't think so much. She says about herself. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, they get back from clubbing. Uh, Zizi and Patrick are still hot tubbing together, so the girls uh, jump in the hot tub, and Zizi immediately takes his pants off, causing everybody else to leave the hot tub. It's like, really, dude? Mm. Yeah. Keep your pants on. Go figure. Um, let's see here. Billy Gunn woke them all up at 6 a.m. to do exercises. And the only thing we got out of that is that Tanner is still beating their asses and ZZ still was the last. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see the final numbers of that whole thing. I, I know... I know. What's his face destroyed than Tanner? But after I didn't see Oh, the, oh that yeah, well that that's better. not even we haven't even gotten to that yet. Um Then we got to the to just the story of the show is that Tanner 
is so much better at everything than everyone else, and he wins all the contests. Everyone at home, I bet, loves the guy. However, all the idiots who are there with him are telling him how he never wins anything, and no one likes him, and he's not going to win any of the contests. And, no. yeah. And he sucks, basically. Yeah, like, of course. Like, really, dude? Uh, they tried to pass it off that Tanner had this big attitude, but he really didn't. No. Um, we go to the Performance Center where Jason Jordan is there because Billy Gunn ain't taking no bumps. Uh, Jason Jordan is there to basically do all the bumps and do all the uh, stuff to demonstrate it to everybody. Um, and they get another stupid contest, which is where uh, everyone has to run the ropes and then uh, do a body slam to a heavy bag. And whoever does the most number of reps wins. And Tanner, of course, brags he can do twice as many as anybody else. And, of course, everyone is pissed off. Diana, and we'll get to her, Diana's a fucking annoying bitch. But she's basically in it because she's got a nice ass. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... And of course, all the men go first, and they all and the average of all the men was eight reps. So Tanner gets up, and he said he's going to do twice as many as everyone else, and he did sixteen. So everyone who already said he can't win anything he, and he sucks continues to get pissed off and continues to say how he never is going to win anything. Mm. We then got drama. Diana Yes. Diana is bitching and moaning about how she's uh, engaged and she doesn't have time to plan her wedding and she's going to be on this show for the next 10 weeks and one of it doesn't have Wi-Fi in order to plan her wedding. And at that point, the 11,500 people who applied for Tough Enough and didn't get called back all immediately wanted to kill her. Of course. Took her spot. Took their spots, I mean. Yeah. Um, and, of course, everyone else is being all, you know, oh, Diane, I can't believe, uh, you know, that sucks, blah, 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 blah. But Gabby, our Brazilian pole dancer, uh, basically just told her to leave. So her and Diana cussed each other out. Diana claimed that no one likes Gabby, and maybe that's the case, but... You know, at this point, I can't imagine anyone watching the show liking Diana. True. And, of course, we've got more guy drama because Tanner sucks and everything. He, that's, he just sucks. Uh, I mean, there's no, no, nothing nice to say. He just sucks. Yes. You know, other than the fact that he kept winning everything. But he sucks, dude. Come on. Um, of course. So we go to the live judging, and Hogan uh, called Diana out for being a crybaby and that she only wanted to be a trophy wife and not a wrestler. Um, Paige called Hank out for saying that ZZ was less physically fit than everyone, including women, and pointed out that Paige, and Paige pointed out that every woman beat Hank in the challenges. <laughs> And Daniel Bryan said that Daria 
took no risks on the episode and asked her what her bigger biggest risk she ever took was. And Daria said her biggest risk was that she never wanted to be normal. And I pointed out that she has a giant nose, and in this day and age, having a giant nose is not normal. Mm. So, so you would think after all that, you know, you run through all the people that could be nominated to be booted off, and like the first person on your mind that's going to get booted off is Diana, and of course she's not even nominated. Instead, they nominate. Yeah, they nominate ZZ because he's fat, Hank because he made fun of women, and Josh because. Josh had no TV time the entire show because he didn't do anything exciting. Yeah, it sounds all right. Yeah. And I was so pissed that, you know, they didn't have Diane on that list. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Hank was the first person eliminated. Hank? Poor Hank. Hank. Hank's for coming. So long, Hank. And that was episode one of Tough Enough, Brian. Yeah. Weird. That's for sure. I, I bet you can't wait to watch the next nine weeks of Tough Enough. Oh, tell me about it. Jesus. They did uh, 1.2 million viewers which is definitely disappointing. I would say so. I would say so. I didn't watch it. I watched the uh, episode last, uh, late episode last night. Uh, I didn't watch the live episode. Uh-huh. So you helped kill the rating, Brian. They're giving right, 1.2 million and one, but nope. Uh, let's I was see here. One, what? And one Two million and one. Yes. Uh, let's see here what happened on Impact while we're at it here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, Jeff Jarrett uh, uh, is back, obviously. Um, the Dirty yeah. Heels won the TLC match, so they're tied at two. And, you, and we have a new match for... Slammiversary, uh, Brian. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Now, now keep in mind, uh, we've got this best of five series for the tag team titles, and a pay per view this coming Sunday. So, what do you think is going to happen on the pay per view, Brian? Makes sense for the part match number five. And take a guess what is not going to be happening this coming Sunday night. Match number five because it's Austin Aries versus one of the wolves for whoever for the winner gets to choose the fifth stipulation. Yes. Yep. Austin Aries versus Davy Richards and the winner picks the stipulation of the match at Slam or at Impact next week. Hmm. Yeah. So um I just can't hide it. Yep. Uh, let's see here. 
apparently uh, Jarrett mentioned just about everybody who does not work for TNA, including Samoa Joe, Sting, Sanjay Dutt, uh, and God knows who else. Um, let's see here. You'll you'll be happy to know that uh, uh, Vader uh, did not win. Vader did not beat Bram. Yay. I know. And so I think Owen Hernandez is back, I think. But Lariat, Lariat. I said Hernandez, not Homicide. Yeah, no. no, it's really not. In the eyes of the people, it is, damn it. Yes. So, Jeff Jarrett's in King of the Mountain, apparently against himself, because there's nobody else even announced yet for the match. And well, Matt no, Hardy, not. who... Matt Hardy, who just had a child yesterday, was on Impact tonight. Go figure. Yes. Brian, I know you're going to go out now and uh, watch Slammiversary, aren't you? Yep, I'm, uh, I'm going to go buy it now and then uh, give it a $5 tonight, actually. Fifth, uh, I know, Brian. Uh, you really want to watch that show, I bet. Yep, 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 of course. Uh, so do you have anything else to say? You're still bleeding, Brian. No, I, I wasn't going to say I stopped bleeding. So I'm, I think I'm good. No hospital trip for me. <sighs> That's good. Yeah, At least you stopped bleeding. Yeah. Now it's time to figure out what exactly happened. Yeah, if you find out, do me a favor and don't bother telling me. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. When you have a sore throat, a cough, or a stuffy nose, come to the halls of medicine. To feel better fast, use halls. For fast relief of acid indigestion, use 1,000 milligram strong extra strength roll aids. The only antacid in an assortment of mint flavors. Yipe Stripes. Fruit Stripe Gum. Four fruity, juicy flavors. Share, dare, chew it, blow it. It's Yipe Stripes. Fruit Stripes Regular and Bubble Gum. You want to buy some Yipe Stripes Gum, Brian? Yeah, get right on that. Go out, you should go out and get it. You could chew it during Slammiversary. As I'm not watching it? Okay. Yes, I know it's you know probably. I know you're looking forward to Sunday, Brian. You're going to be the one person that buys it. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm just peeing with joy right now. You're peeing with joy. Yep. Oh God, there is just there there is something wrong with you. Mm. Yeah, there is. I don't know. I don't know what to say. So, we should probably start wrapping things up, Brian, unless there's 
something you want to talk about? Um, let me see here. I have nothing exciting going on in my life. Well, actually, yes, I do. I found out that it's cheaper for me to fly out to Philly than it is to Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so you're going to be flying from Philly to Dallas? Right now, that's the plan. Me and my three, me and three others. So, yeah. Uh-huh. So, that's all you have to say? I'm still trying. You're still trying to think of stuff to say? No, I'm still trying to uh, make it just one person going, but yeah. Well, we'll see, won't we? Yeah. Well, Brian, do you have anything to say to our future guest? Get ready for one hell of a show. And speaking of guests, I guess uh, uh, my my friend isn't calling in tonight. Uh, our friend Tony is going to call in to talk about uh, Slambury, but never did. So that's that. Poor Tony. Um, and actually, well, I just got a message from him saying he keeps calling in, lets him listen to it for a minute, and then disconnects. That's interesting since it never showed up on my end. Interesting. Huh. Yes, because I don't know. You called in no problem. Girl. Hmm. So we'll have to figure this one out. But until next week, when we're going to be joined by Johnny Fairplay, I'm Emerson. That's Brian. And if Brian calls in at the right time next week and isn't bleeding, he'll be with us. And we'll talk to you in seven days. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.